Hello and welcome to this, the Talking Dogs podcast. I'm Graham Hall and I've been working with dogs and their lovely owners too, well, for well over 10 years now. Now, you might know me as the dog father. Perhaps you've caught me on television's Dogs Behaving Very Badly, or you might even have caught today's guest on Dogs Behaving Very Badly, but more on that in a moment. The TV show clearly makes people realise that they, you know, they don't have to suffer in silence, that there is a way to deal with whatever behaviour issue their own dogs have. Because afterwards, I get so many requests for advice. Well, now I can bring you the answers direct on this podcast. By the end of this training session, I promise you'll have learnt some new ideas that will make sure that you and your dog are living together in perfect harmony. I'll be catching up with someone I work with on the TV very shortly, but first I've received an email that I want to have a think about. Carly has a 17-month-old miniature dachshund, and she says, Monty has recently started to become aggressive, mostly towards me. Now, once I was trying to lift him out the back of the car, on another occasion I'd just returned home and I went to stroke him in the hallway. I had a friend over the other evening. Now, Monty hadn't met him before, but was playful and enjoying being touched. I've not seen him so happy in ages. But then when my friend left and Monty was sat on my lap, he snapped at me when I touched him. Hmm. I don't dare touch him when I return home, because the look he gives me definitely shouts out, stay away. Now, I should mention that my husband suddenly passed away when Monty was around five months old. It was a traumatic event. And there was lots of change within the household, lots of people around, and then suddenly, just me and him. So I'm worried that I'll lose my bond with him if this continues. Yeah, this is, uh, it's a tricky problem, isn't it? It's a tricky problem at the best of times, Carly, quite apart from, you know, you're losing your husband. I'm so sorry to hear about that. And when we lose somebody, it's, regardless almost of the circumstances, it's a big deal for a dog because they don't understand. You know, one minute they were here and then they weren't. And their whole world, like yours, I guess, is upside down. So five months old, that's a dog who's just about to enter that teenage adolescent stage. So it, it couldn't have been, a, a you know, a worse sort of combination, I guess. So, yeah, I do think that's a big part of it. I'm sure it would be. Understandably, at that time, you must have been in a terrible state emotionally. And, of course, you know, your dog's seen that. So Monty's looking at you thinking, yeah, you're not in a good place. He's looking up for somebody to, to sort of latch on to as, uh, as, the, as the leader, if you like. And at that time, it wasn't you. And that's nobody's fault. It's just the way it was. Things perhaps have moved on now. So um, now perhaps is the time to sort of take control of your your life again and, and, you know, for him to see a different side of you. How you do that, of course, is the key. And I think the secret to it is slowly but surely. You absolutely don't want to be rushing in where fools would fear to, to tread, you know, because, you know, a Dachshund's a small dog, I know that, but if they give you a nip, you know about it. And you don't want to ruin that bond that you've got with him. It sounds like it's a bit weak at the moment anyway, that bond, you know. Perhaps the, the trust isn't there quite between you. You certainly sound as though you don't entirely trust him. So I do it bit by bit. So I think about all the times that there's a trigger and to some extent avoid it. Now, I don't mean just run away, but, you know, you don't have to go straight up to him in the hallway. I'd get him to come to you. Actually, that's not a bad thing. So the kind of thing with leadership is it's not about 
forcing a dog to do something. It's not about bullying, you know. Um, it's about creating conditions for a dog to want to follow you. So if you can get him to come to you for a bit of a fuss and then quit while you're ahead and repeat that lots, that's a good thing. If he comes to you for a treat, if he does everything really on your terms, but when he's having a nice time, you sort of quit while you're ahead, that leaves him wanting more. And he's wanting more on your terms, if that makes sense. It's, it's lovely to hear that he was happy when your friend came round. You, I guess, and, and I might be wrong, but my guess would be you would probably looked happy as well in a way that you're not when you're just in, in the house on your own with him. So have a think about that. He's probably reacting to sort of your demeanour. So if you look like everything's okay, I've got this, that again reassures a dog. So I think little and often, the bottom line is you want to reward behaviors that you want to see more of so when he's calmer or he's he's doing things on your terms yeah and i would avoid putting yourself in a situation where you're going to lose frankly it's not big and clever to try and force him to do something and get yourself bitten so why would you do that just build it up in a in a positive way and i think you'll find your own way of living together again Now, Carly, I met another snappy dog recently on Dogs Behaving Very Badly. I travelled to Cambridge to meet Steph and her chalky, Coco. Now, I wonder if you might find it useful to hear how we ended up tackling this one as well. Now, Steph, welcome to Talking Dogs. Um, Hi. It wasn't you Coco was snapping at, was it? It was other people. So just remind us of the situation you found yourself in. Okay, so we have a, a little coffee shop in Cambridge and it is dog friendly, it's really, really tiny, and we wanted to have our own little dog in there, and we've always wanted a dog in the family, so we decided to go for a small dog, obviously, to fit in the shop. And we went for a little Chorky, uh, Coco Bean. Now, Coco didn't settle in the shop at all. In fact, she would bark at anybody that came into the shop, she would snap at them, she would essentially bark at them until they left, which isn't good for our little business. So. Mm -hmm we decided we needed some help with that so in came graham <laughs> so it was interesting wasn't it because so she's a she's a yorkshire terrier cross chihuahua so we, we sort of bred a, a a super chatty breeder dog with a super chatty breeder dog it's a marriage of half yorkshire half mexican <laughs> uh, which doesn't bear thinking about but she was always going to be a bit loud but the problem was exacerbated because she was meeting so many new people every day compared to the average dog, wasn't she? Yeah, and other dogs as well. Mm. So, as you rightly pointed out, as far as she was concerned, it was her little domain, so all she had to do was bark, 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 and how long does it take to make a cup of coffee? A couple of minutes. So one of the things that was rewarding was just the fact that people were going. Yeah, She's like, I'll bark, you'll go. Yeah. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> now, at no point could you say to her, no, no, you've got the wrong end of the stick. They come in for a takeaway coffee, they go again. They're always going to go. You didn't do that, you know. But, of course, you know, in her head, she was thinking, no, you know, I bark and they go. What part of that do you not understand? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That wasn't bad, was it? No, it not was bad. A, it was a bit too American. But, yeah, you get the point. Uh, uh, but the other thing, the other thing that was rewarding, uh, and I've, I've just remembered now, mm -hmm. was um, somebody was picking her up, weren't they, every yeah. time she did it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's so tiny. I mean, she's probably one of the smallest dogs I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And 
I was always afraid that because she was getting so aggressive with other people that either she was going to get snapped on by another dog or yeah. she was going to snap at somebody else. So my way of dealing with that was just to pick her up and take her out yeah. of the situation but give her loads of cuddles at the same time. It's perfectly understandable. I can You can see why she is tiny, yeah. I mean, you know, even as chihuahuas go, she's she's definitely espresso, not Americano, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, the picking her up, of course, was was part of the problem, wasn't it? Because she's like, yeah. I bark, I get rid of them, and my mummy picks me up and gives me a cuddle. Happy days, you know. Yeah. So it was a case really of of turning things around. So just to explain the training, um, it, it was very much a case of right, okay, how can we get around this? Because we do want her to be in in the shop, in the coffee shop, but we don't want her to be able to sort of run to the door and threaten everybody, you know. So I brought in a. A play pen, didn't I? Which was sort of not a crate, but just one of those, you know, like a, a mini indoor fence sort of thing. So mm. that was her little, you know, fun place. That was her area. Yeah, she did little toys and stuff, didn't she? That's it. Yeah. So it's like you can be in there. It's all nice. Everything's lovely. If you're quiet, then mummy goes to you and gives you a little cuddle where you are, right? So the reward for being a good girl is affection. And I think we often think of, you know, as, as rewards as being a food treat or something like that. But, of course, in your case, it's like, well, no, actually, we've got into this mess really by allowing her to get rid of people, you know, and, mm -hmm. and rewarding her with a cuddle. So let's reward her with a cuddle for being quiet. Yeah. How did you feel about that when I first suggested this sort of like playpen and the new command? Look, to be honest with you, I didn't think anything was going to work because she uh -huh. is totally out of control. So when she went in the playpen, I, I did think in the back of my mind, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't really think this is going to happen. But it was... Um, kind of heart-wrenching a little bit because she's, she's always sort of had the freedom to roam around wherever she wanted to, to roam around in. Yeah, you felt sorry for her. Yeah, I think that's just the mummy in me. But I think mm -hmm. given her little safe space was actually the best thing for her. And I realised yeah. that after a little while. <laughs> it's great that you, you say that. And I, and I think if you take the emotions out of it a little bit, you can see things more clearly. And it's easy for me to see because I rock up at somebody's place and go, oh, yeah, I can see what's happening here. So the, the, she's getting rewarded for barking. I need to get her to be rewarded to be calm. So how do I stop her running around the whole shop so that it's, you know, it's not the biggest coffee shop in the world, is it? No, but, it's not. <laughs> you know, nonetheless, it was, you, you couldn't, chase her around under tables and pick her up so it, it's really easy when you take the emotion out of it to look at it clearly and go i can see what we do here we put her in a pen and then we reward her we go to her and take the love to her when she's she's quiet that's one thing for me to say but emotionally for you yeah i guess there was quite a bit of oh yeah it was a bit of a tug yeah mm, yeah but actually, if you reframe it in your head, it's like, oh, this is actually, as you say, it's her safe space. It's a little den, really. You know? yeah. So nobody's going to bother her there. If she wants to chill out, she can. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to love her because she is super cute. Um, as, as mascots go, she's pretty good. The other thing that the playband did, of course, was it meant that, that Coco couldn't get to anybody else I, you know i wasn't really too scared she was gonna rip any throats out you know she's not that kind of nasty aggressive dog but nonetheless you don't want to nip in anybody and i think for anyone who's got a bigger dog if there's any worry there um that this might be a bit more than barking then you need something that protects everybody i'm i'm not a big one for just risking it and see what happens so the playpen was her sanctuary a little 
fun place. We made it into a nice place. But yes, it actually did mean that we could train sort of happily and, and calmly, knowing that we didn't have to worry. I think one of the key things to remember about this, it's training that you can use anywhere, is you've got to say from moment to moment, right, which moments are we rewarding here? And it's one of those things, if you ask that question, it's like, right, what is she doing when you pick her up while she's barking, right? So what moment am I rewarding? I'm rewarding the barking, aren't I? Because I, you know, I pick her up and I cuddle her. And, and often, once you've asked yourself that question, you can apply that to anything. You can apply that to things at home as well. So, you know, if you see her doing anything, there's an unwanted behaviour. You think, okay, what's the opposite of that, right? Let's say she's barking at the postman. When she doesn't bark, miracle of miracles, oh, good girl, that's nice. You know, you just find a way of doing that. Um, We're often rewarding dogs when we don't realise we're doing it. Sometimes, you know, people say to me, uh, we haven't trained her to do this, you know. I think you have. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't know you've done it. (laughs) Well, before you came, I, I knew that it, it was something that I was doing and something that I was missing. And I just needed you to to point it out to me. And, that, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah, of course, it has the effect of training. Because any behaviour that feels rewarding increases. That's a little bit of psychology. So so that that's what was happening. I mean, it's good fun being me, I've got to say. Cause you, you walk in and go, oh, I see what you're doing now. I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> uh, and it's that face palm moment, isn't it? When you go, oh, God, yeah, why didn't I see that? And then... You know, you don't have to be a genius to work out how to train it because you go, right, how do we how do we turn that around and how do we do the opposite, you know? So, well, if she's quiet. I think yeah. we we discussed this on the day that it's almost like trying to train your children. It's, it's psychology, isn't it? You, yeah, Look at what they're is. doing and you flip it and it works. It is. It's like the difficulty is that we can't speak to them using language, either Spanish or English, of course, <laughs> in this case. Um, but you can't say to her, uh, look, if you were not to bark and you were to be quiet instead, maybe something nice would happen. Why don't you try it and find out? So it's all trial and error from, from a dog's point of view. You've got to you've just got to wait for her to bark. And then when she shuts up, you go, oh, good girl, that's nice. Off you go. And you, you're just hoping that they make that connection, which you know she she did quite quickly actually um it's like ah hang on a minute so if i'm a bit calmer in the first place that helped yeah and if i if i'm quiet then they love me oh who knew and i've actually used that that psychology um when i'm out walking with her because that's another area where she was tricky all oh, right reactive okay. was when i'm out walking because if i meet someone that i know like another dog walker mm-hmm. i can't stop and talk to them because she's just barking 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 mm-hmm. so I used those tips and tricks when I was walking her and she's a lot better on her walks now. Mm. So if I was saw any other dog or person coming towards us, I knew she was going to react. So mm-hmm. I would have a little high quality treat and I would distract her with, with the treat and she and then reward her and tell her, Good girl, good girl. And yeah, that's okay. If you get your timing right, you'll be all right. What yeah, you don't want it's to all do, about timing, you're correct it, there. Yeah. It is, yeah. If she's barking her head off and you go, there's a treat, there's a treat, please be quiet instead. She'll go, bark head off, get treat. Yeah. Right? But if you can catch her before she started barking or you wait until she stops, 
right? Yeah. And then you make the connection, uh, quiet equals tree, you know, you're on a winner. So the principle's exactly the same. It's interesting, this is a bit of a pattern. Um, I'm sort of chatting to people after they've they've been on the show and quite often sort of say, look, this is a completely different problem that we had that we didn't get chance to look at on the day because, you know, it takes a long time to make a TV show and there's only so yeah. much time yeah. available. But often the stuff that we did in a very different situation, like in your coffee shop, is is actually helping you outside. And it, it's about the sort of getting the general principles right, I guess. Yeah, first time dog owner. I wasn't always sure what I was doing, but, you know, it's, it definitely makes a lot of sense. And her behaviour is a lot, lot better. It's, it, you know, it's not a bad thing being a first time dog owner. I, I, often people say to me, you know, well, I've, you know, if I'd have had dogs for 20 years, 30 years, I might be better at this. It's, no, because often what we do is we're bed, we bed in bad habits. And, right. and a new dog owner says, well, I've, I don't understand dogs, but I've had kids. Maybe it's a bit similar. Well, it is a bit similar, yeah. Um, so looking at things with a fresh pair of eyes often helps. So how have things gone since? Well, it all went quite well and she was in the shop for a while and then she became anxious again. Oh. And I think it was probably because I didn't have the time to give her, you know, I'm still, I was mm. still trying to train her as well as doing my job. And sometimes she didn't get the rewards that she needed at that time. Mm. So we decided that we would take her home and just let her be at home because that's uh -huh. where she's happiest. Right. So she's back at home now, which is great. But I have bought a little piece of equipment that helps me with my anxiety with her being at home on her own. All right, yeah, go on. Yeah. So I've got a little camera. I've put it in the house and uh -huh. I can... I can look at my phone and I can see what she's doing yeah. um, and I can even talk to her. I press the belt button and I can talk to her and it's cool. great. That's good. I, I can be in the shop and watch what she's doing and talk to her and reassure her and she's fine. And actually, Michael's my husband. He's mm. still working from home, so everything's great. Okay, so you've got around it in a different way, really. Yeah. But that's interesting. I mean, if you wanted to bring her back into the shop, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's. I think we've all seen baristas at work and it can be pretty busy, can't it? Um, yeah. It's full on. So if you're not finding the time, and because by definition as well, you're going to get busy when there's a lot of people there, obviously, and when there's a lot of people there is when you, you most need to have one eye on the dog. So if you if you're single-handed in there, I can see that's a, a bit of a problem. I tell you what you could do. Just it's sort of popped into my head. You can get remote control little treat dosing out devices. You know, okay. um, it's a thought, isn't it? Yeah. So even though you know we we were using affection as as the reward, that's how we got started. So she understood. Oh, quiet gets me the goods. That's good. What you could do, and you mustn't overdo it with food. And and the caveat here is that any treats that you use, really, you should take out their daily allowance. But you could potentially be there at the bar, behind the bar there, doing your job. And when you hear her go quiet, you press the button, there's a little train. It's a oh, good girl. Oh, you know. wow. Yeah, that's a great idea. I didn't know there was such a thing. Now, in this episode of, of Talking Dogs, we're really the theme here has been dogs that are snappy, that are snapping at other people. What, what advice would you give anybody else who's who's got that problem, Steph? To remain calm yourself, because the dog can sense that whenever you walk out and about with her, well, mine anyway, um, is to just remain calm and reassurance and actually tone. Tone's a very important thing because when I'm rewarding her, I used to do it like, good girl, good girl, which actually just fires her up more. Mm -hmm. So um, the tone has to be quite um, like a like you're talking to a newborn baby and say, good mm. girl, 
Good girl. And that actually works really well because yeah. before you would fire up and it just was a mess. And I'm thinking I'm doing the right thing here, but it's not working. Mm-hmm. But tone is very, very important. I think you're right. Um, and you, you, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if I'd have asked you that question a few months ago, you'd have given a very different answer. <laughs> um, and I think you're right. Stay calm yourself and project that calmness with the right tone of voice. I think it is is absolutely right. Um, often in a situation like that, you've got a dog who's being snappy. They're kicking off. It's 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 either getting your goat and making you frustrated, or it's making you understandably embarrassed because the effect it's having on other people. And we get ourselves into this. Oh, in sort of state. Yeah, and the dog's barking. We're barking. Everybody's gone barking. You know, and <laughs> there's a better way. And that's what it used to be. <laughs> well, Steph, it was a pleasure meeting you, and uh, I just want to say thank you for coming on Talking Dogs. Thank you. It's lovely to hear your voice again. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you've reached the end of your tether with your dog, do send an email or a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. And as always, I'll do my best to help you in an upcoming episode. In fact, you don't necessarily have to wait until you're at the end of the tether either. Well, thanks again to Steph. You can see more of how we train little Coco in their episode of Dogs Behaving Very Badly On Demand on My5. Now, there's new episodes of the TV show every Tuesday on Channel 5 too. Now, just before I go, do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. That way you can make sure you're back here in time for the next episode. And I'll be catching up with another owner I've helped recently. I'm really looking forward to finding out how they've been getting on. Well, until next week, take care of yourself and, of course, your dogs. Bye for now.